0: the podcast you are listening to episode 27 of backseat directors a podcast dedicated to bringing you the latest in movie reviews and recommendations and where any and all of you are invited to join me for a movie review i'm your host andre hutchins and on today's show i am joined by an old friend and fellow movie buff nate tucker enjoy the show okay all right my friend shall we discuss movies
1: yeah let's do it
0: okay well cool well nate welcome to the podcast Thank you. You're welcome. You ever been on a podcast before?
1: Uh, I have not. Oh, first
0: timer. Nice. Yep. (laughs) Well, good. I hope you're excited because this is probably the best podcast you'll ever be able to appear on. So it's all downhill from here, my friend. Awesome. (laughs) So, Nate, how long have we known each other? How long has it been?
1: Uh, Probably three or four years now.
0: Oh gosh, Nate, it's been longer than that. It's got to be longer than that. When when were you
1: guys living in Reno? Or it was when- about three or four years ago.
0: Okay, well, okay, well, that was when you moved, right? Because you're in Arizona now.
1: Yeah. So I was living there in 2013.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, no, but see, I moved to Utah in 2013, and I think I at least met you in 2012. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Pro,
1: let's say two thousand twelve.
0: Okay, see I was thinking it was more like eight years, but you're right. It's like closer to four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like it's been such a long time. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly.
0: Well, dude, I'm I'm happy to have you on the podcast and uh thanks for reaching out to me. I know we uh we were we, we've actually been trying to connect, you know, to get you on for a movie review for maybe the last month or so. Um but I'm actually happy we can do it with this one. It seems like you are pretty excited for this movie.
1: Yeah, this movie is great. I'm actually going to see it again tomorrow. Wow. So, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, before we jump into the movie though, let's let's have our listeners get to know you and we're going to do that with some get to know you questions.
1: Now it's time for some get to know you questions. Okay, Nate. Okay. Are you ready? As ready as I will ever be. Yes. All
0: right, all right, man. And I want I want all of these answers to be honest and genuine and just straight from the heart, all right? Okay. <laughs> okay, Nate. First question is, what is your
1: desert island movie? Uh, you would ask that one first. Of course. Um, it's question number one, man. Number one. Um, You know, I really like comedies. Um, those are the type of movies that when you have those with you, uh, they can just motivate you and inspire you. So if you're stuck on a desert island, I want like the perfect comedy, but maybe like... A go-to inspirational movie, so I'm going to go with Cool Runnings. Ooh,
0: wow, nice! Cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now that, not that, uh, honestly, in terms of uh, rewatchability, comedy movies are probably some of the most rewatchable movies out there. You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, gosh, Cool Runnings, excellent choice. I don't Thank think, you. yeah, I don't think that's been an answer on the podcast yet, so that's awesome. Okay, question number two, what is your favorite movie theater
1: snack? Okay, so I'm sure I'm going to make a lot of enemies with this, but I, I don't like popcorn. I'm not a popcorn fan at all. What? Yeah. What? Uh, it's just, it's buttery, it gets all over your hands, you get kernels <laughs> stuck in your teeth. And it just it doesn't work. So because of that, uh, I'm not going to say popcorn and I am going to say bunch of crunch.
0: Bunch of crunch. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, bunch of crunch is good. I'm with you there. Okay, so it's not necessarily the taste of popcorn, though. It's more the texture and just the physical aspects of popcorn that you're not into. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Okay. And then like you're sharing it with other people, you don't know where their hands have been and it's just <laughs> too much. It's,
0: yep. you, you buy the jumbo, you know, the jumbo popcorn bucket and then everybody exactly. wants to share. And then you exactly. run out in the middle of the movie, and someone has to go refill it, right? Because
1: you got the free refill. <laughs> and it shouldn't be me. I was the one who bought it, and everyone else <laughs> getting their dirty grubs in it. And naturally, I'm the one that's missing the movie now. So,
0: <laughs> hey, those are legitimate, man. Those those are definitely legitimate reasons. All right, I'm not yeah. going to fault you for that. All right, <laughs> all right, Nate. Question number three: What was the first movie that made you cry? Can you remember?
1: Yeah, I think it was A Walk to Remember. Oh, Nicholas Sparks.
0: Getting the yeah. t-
1: the waterworks going, huh? Oh yeah. Yep, that's the movie that it's a go-to that if I just need a good cry, you know, it's been a rough week or whatever, pop that one in. Well, we don't pop them in anymore, I guess. That's an old phrase, but <laughs> chew it up on the Netflix, you know. <laughs> you can you can pop
0: them in still with a DVD or Blu-ray if if yeah. you, you know you still still uh anti-digital movies you know (laughs) yeah no you you know okay i've seen almost every nicholas sparks movie and i i'm not you know i'm not a huge fan of the movies um yeah but a walk to remember i think it's a legitimately good movie so
1: yeah yep yeah one of the betters
0: yeah. Well, I, I I mean, to be honest, I think it's his best story uh, yes. in terms of uh, it's just believability, you know. And
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, believability. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to talk about, you know, um, people seeing ghosts or time traveling mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question number four. Do you have a favorite movie director and or actor? So I give you the option to have both if you want.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I was thinking about trolling you and being like Michael Bay is my favorite, but I just <laughs> I couldn't do that. Oh come um, on, man! There's someone out there who will say Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, there definitely will be. You know, uh, I love. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab here and say this person is both favorite director and actor, and that's gonna be Woody Allen.
0: Ooh, nice choice, man. Yeah. Do
1: you have a favorite Woody Allen movie? Uh yeah, Ants actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, random, right? Like out of all of his great movies, that's my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, just coming out the same year as uh Pixar's um Bug's Life, you know, just trying to compete yep. with them, right? Yeah. No, I, I actually uh, just two nights ago before my wife left, we uh, sat down and watched uh, A Midnight in Paris. Um Uh, for the first time and even though Woody Allen doesn't play in it which is very rare for a Woody Allen movie um, I liked it I thought it was good
1: yeah that one was different too like in terms of Woody Allen flicks obviously like you said he's not in it so you don't have that like uh, eccentric or neurotic main character right? Uh, but you still had you know the wonderful storytelling and unique actors and characters I guess in that film (laughs) Well,
0: uh, and uh, I mean, gosh, most of his films take place in New York City, and then, yeah, you know, now we're in Paris. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Twist things up.
0: Yeah. All right, Nate, last question. If you could change the ending of any one movie, which would it be and how would you change it? And just give a spoiler warning if it's any movie that's
1: fairly recent. Um, all right. Uh, so. Spoiler warning, uh, but this movie isn't recent. But uh, I think Star Wars would have been incredibly, uh, or just a, a, a much better story if Luke had joined the dark side and joined wow. his father. Yep. Wow! So that's that's what I would change. Wow, Nate. Yep. <laughs> Serious? Yeah, I think so. Like. Uh- I don't know. I've I've always just kind of looked at it, and I'm like, you know what? It's all just government and wars and battles and fighting anyway. And I think he could have done more power and changed more for the better had he joined that and got in on the on the on that side of things.
0: Wow, gosh, Nate, this is a conversation that we're gonna have to continue offline. But just <laughs> real, right. real quick, though, what what is your anticipation with uh, the Last Jedi coming out this December? What do you think about Luke?
1: Oh, so yeah, The Last Jedi. That one, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's interesting where we're going to go with that uh, in the storylines. And kind of, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting.
0: All right, man. All right. Well, good stuff. Thanks. Thanks for those excellent answers, Nate. And so uh, now that our listeners have gotten to get to uh, gotten to know you just a little bit more, let's go ahead and introduce this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. Uh, And actually, this week's movie is this week's double feature movie, since this is going to be a double podcast week. Um, But this week's double feature is The Hitman's Bodyguard. Movie Details.
1: When she looked
0: at me and sweet and smiled. The relentless bodyguard and the manipulative assassin have been on the opposite end of the bullet for years and are thrown together for a wildly outrageous 24 hours. Michael Bryce must ensure the safety and survival of the most notorious hitman, Darius Kincaid, as he is the top witness in an international crimes case against some who will stop at nothing to keep him from testifying. During their raucous and hilarious adventure from England to The Hague, Netherlands, they encounter high-speed car chases, outlandish boat escapades, and a merciless Eastern European dictator who is out for blood. The Hitman's Bodyguard is non-stop action, mixed with the right amount of comedy with a big dose of profanity. So the Hitman's Bodyguard... Is really um, is going to be released in U.S. theaters um, on August 18th, 2017. It has a running time of one hour and 58 minutes, and it is rated R for strong violence and language throughout. Okay, so listeners, and I do give this disclaimer later in the review. You must know and understand that this is a um, a Samuel L. Jackson. Movie meaning there is so much swearing and cussing in this movie uh, that if you're not used to that much language in a movie, just prepare yourself. All right, so just a heads up. Uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard stars Ryan Reynolds as the bodyguard, Michael Bryce, Samuel L. Jackson as the Hitman, Darius Kincaid, French actress Elodie Young as Amelia roussel and salma hayek has the ever faithful wife sonia kincaid ryan reynolds is making a name for himself as the action comedy star as he has had very similar car- uh, character roles in movies such as the 2016 deadpool 2013 ripd and he's been pretty darn good at it and french actress elodie young has had a number of episodes on the hit netflix tv show daredevil as electra and she will continue that role with the new marvel defenders debuting this month on netflix Uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard is directed by Patrick Hughes. Hughes is somewhat of a new director in Hollywood, but he has has his name to two previous feature-length films, starting in 2010 with Red Hill and 2014 with The Expendables 3. So when researching the production budget and other financial information regarding movies, I typically use IMDb and another website called The Numbers, but financials on the movie are not yet available. And because I was able to see this movie... In an advanced screening, and record this podcast before the movie has been released, there are no box office sales numbers to report yet. Okay, listeners, make sure to keep listening until the end of the podcast uh, to find out what some of the audience members thought of the movie and also what Sean Bardalis of Real Bearded News thought as well. Now on to the review. Backseat Directors, movie review. All right, so Nate, let's just go ahead and we're going to dive right into this movie review, all right? So, uh... I've got I've got some questions that I want to ask you, uh, and especially because uh, you you know you commented on one of my posts on you know which movie you were most excited for for the month of August, and you said this was your movie that you were most looking forward to. So tell me tell me why. Tell me why you were really looking forward to this movie. Uh,
1: I guess I just really like both of these actors uh, and the movies that they're in when they are kind of leading roles in the movie you know we had ryan reynolds last year in deadpool and he killed it uh hilarious a different side of him that we haven't seen in a while and a lot of people going up to this movie were saying yes he is a similar type of character in this movie and then we've got you know mr iconic samuel l jackson uh on the other side of this wonderful coin of uh comedy and action star you know yeah so just the combination of those two people are it it, it, i knew it was going to be entertaining regardless of if it were an actual good story or not and i knew i was going to have a good time
0: yeah and okay so i i think i watched just a very short trailer for the movie um and you know the plot the plot isn't super in-depth you know, so just watching the trailer, you'll understand what the movie's about pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Samuel L. Jackson. I think I think it's just because of his character is usually recycled in every single movie that he's in. <laughs> so he's always yes. a, he's always a grump. He's, yep. a, he's always cussing up a storm, yep. and. uh You know, and I I mean, gosh, even in even in Star Wars, when he played uh, Mace Windu, you know, he's still a mean grump.
1: (laughs) He is. He he definitely does not have a dynamic acting skill set. It's very much the same character right uh, right every it's, time well yeah but he, just, yeah so i mean samuel L. jackson he plays samuel L. jackson in whatever movie it, he's in <laughs> exactly but he's nailed that to a t and so you don't have to go into the theater guessing what type of character he's going to be
0: no I, absolutely not and i agree with you and with ryan reynolds i, I think ryan reynolds is a fine actor um i, I you, you know, I mean, I the movies that I've seen them in, I think um, they've just been okay. And here, here's just a, <laughs> um, just a, a little bit of background, though, with my, I guess, uh, experience with Deadpool. I have no experience with Deadpool. I've actually ha- I have not seen that movie yet. So, um, oh, okay. <laughs> and so and I, I've been kind of saving it, but I will. Yeah, we'll see when I actually get around to seeing that movie. But anyway, um, so. I'm just kind of laying the background. I I didn't have that many expectations for this movie. Like I, I I probably had zero expectations. And so I went into this movie with, you know, just kind of a clear mind, you know, just, we'll just see how it goes type of, type of outlook. But, uh, um, I, I walked away pretty impressed with the movie. So uh, tell me tell me what you thought of the movie, though, after seeing it, since your expectations and, and I guess your anticipation going into the movie were a lot higher than mine.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Like I went into it with somebody uh, who had expectations more like you. Um, and so even when I was watching the movie, I was kind of trying to see it from there. Vantage point, you know, somebody that might not necessarily like it as much, or uh, I don't know. I guess that's a way of putting it, you know, right? Right. Not wanting those characters a whole lot, and I'm trying to get my words together. We might need to edit this part together, <laughs> no, or we're just no. going live. <laughs> we're just doing this. <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: no, we're just doing this. Well, tell me this: Did it meet your expectations? Yeah, actually, it exceeded my expectations. Oh, okay, perfect. And,
1: yeah, because I did just think it was going to be kind of stupid slapstick or action the whole time. You know, there are a few clips from the trailer where people like, uh, you know, you, you see Ryan Reynolds like go through the windshield and I'm just like, is the movie going to be that the entire time? Right. Um, but it, I don't know, it it kind of had a little bit of character development to it even, which you don't always get in action comedies, and you know there was a relationship that was built between the two, and uh, so it it was mildly, you know, it exceeded my expectations mildly, but it did. <laughs>
0: no, I I think that's fair enough, and I think you actually um, already um, said what what I was gonna say or at least what i wanted to say just in my highlights and and i and i'll reiterate this later on but i think that was probably the strongest part of the movie that i was most worried about was that with an action comedy the one thing that is most likely going to be lacking in a movie like this is a plot like a legitimate storyline that's going to help carry the movie forward um but this movie actually has a story and it's like a legitimate believable story and so so yeah, so my initial impression after seeing the movie was I liked it and I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked it. So, um, okay, let's go ahead and just jump into our critiques then and I'll let you go first because I've got a few that I do want to talk about. But uh, tell me the things that you did
1: not like about the movie. Um, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I wouldn't say 100% predictable, but there were a lot of, there was a lot of predictability in it. Um, you know, it wasn't like a, famous Christopher Nolan twist ending. Uh, you know, It's it, we weren't having that. And I, I wasn't expecting that. So, But, you know, sometimes it is nice to have a little bit of a twist here and there. You get that in m- some movies. Like, you're seeing it more often in some James Bond movies or even, right. you know, Mission Impossible type movies. You're like, oh, I didn't really see that coming. That's how they thwarted the bad guy or whatever. And I guess I didn't really have anything like... That was huge like that. Um, so that's kind of one of my critiques of it. Um, I don't know. Uh, another critique, there was still a few parts where you're like, all right, yeah, I get that this is supposed to be, you know, action-packed, but, uh, you know, some of these things are unrealistic, you know. Which scenes were you talking about? <laughs> the, the one that I'm thinking of in particular is, you know, Sam's, character, he's he's got a gunshot wound in his leg. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're like he's like, all right, we need to get out of this building. And he starts beating up guys and he's like jumping down staircases and stuff with a, a bullet in his leg. And I'm like, all right, dude, yeah, you're you're limping for the entire movie, but when you need to run and jump and I don't know. He's jumping like fifteen. Steps at a time. Just... <laughs> yeah. I So, and, and it's kind
0: of funny because they actually use that narrative, uh, you know, him having an injured leg and you know, just a, a bullet wound um, in, in certain scenes where it actually played really well, you know, yeah. and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds was able to use it to his advantage, you know? Yes. Uh, but yeah, but then there were scenes where it was as if nothing had happened to him previously. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, just be, con- you know, like have that continuity in your in your writing and in the movie.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, here and, and I'll let you um, add a few more criti- uh, critiques if if you have some more. But I, I just wanted to kind of piggyback again off of one that you were saying is that it, it, almost the predictability of some parts of the movie. So the one yeah. that really bothered me the most, and I think this is where they tried to do some type of plot twist, you know. Yeah. And, and so what what I did not like is how incompetent they made Interpol look. So the international police organization is the one that they take in um, Samuel Jackson's character because he's supposed to be a key witness in this huge uh, trial against, you know, a a ruthless dictator, right? Mm -hmm. But they're completely incompetent. And one of the reasons is because there's a mole inside their organization. And, and no matter how much they attempted to kind of make that a twist in the plot, there was no twist. It was completely predictable. You knew it from the second that you meet the character, um, you know, of who it actually ends up being the mole. And, and it just, it, it, I think it just took away from the dynamic, um, aspects of the plot itself. And so, yeah, yeah, that, that was highly, highly predictable. Um, and so I, am not sure if that was one of the parts you were talking about, but that, that was definitely one of the ones that I was just kind of bugged by. um, so the movie, the movie starts off, um, <laughs> the first couple minutes are, are kind of funny, you know, with what happens with Ryan Reynolds and, you know, he's a top bodyguard, you know, triple A certified, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which they, may or may not be a title that he made up, <laughs> which I know? thought that that was, that was, oh man, that was brilliant just to kind of, yeah. you know, make that just, uh, um, a constant joke throughout the whole movie. I thought that was really funny, but um, the first 10 minutes of the movie, I just thought were just kind of slow. Yeah. And, and especially with how the movie then picks up and continues that rapid pace for really the duration of the rest of the movie. I I was, I was really questioning where the movie was going and what kind of movie I was in for. So the first 10 minutes really had me wondering, but it did pick up. So I'll give it that. However, yeah. the movie is two hours long. And yeah. for, for me, it was just about 15 to 20 minutes too long. So I wish they could have just shortened things up. You know, the ending, there's actually like two endings in the movie. So, yeah. so I thought that was unnecessary. Shorten it up a little bit, make it 15 to 20 minutes shorter. And gosh, I you have a great movie. So those are the things that I just kind of wanted to nitpick at. But was there anything else you wanted to add with
1: critiques? No, that was the, the length of the film was going to be the one last thing that I kind of had throughout the movie, not throughout the movie, but nearing the end of the movie. I was like, all right, is it, you know, we're still watching this. It's still going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. and as an audience member, if you're thinking that you're you're now breaking the fourth wall and that that's a fail, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's- unless you broke it from the beginning you know if if not though you you got to stay in there and you got to keep the audience's attention uh if not if they're starting to wonder hey my popcorn's out or i got to go to the bathroom or whatever the case may be if they if they've got their mind distracted from that clip that from that movie uh you've gone over you've gone too long
0: yeah and i mean it's not as egregious as something like the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the yeah. King, where there's <laughs> yeah. probably twenty endings to the movie, and you're just wondering when is it going to be over. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not on that level, but yeah, they definitely could have shortened it up. So, yeah. okay, so let's let's go ahead and do our highlights. Tell me, tell me the things that you like most
1: about this movie. Um, I just want to start off with the you know the banter and the the two characters just working off of each other. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it, it was perfection. Yeah. Uh, really. And, and they did a great job at turning that like enemy into a, a frenemies, you know, mm-hmm. to use that term where mm-hmm. they do really become, you know, kind of friends in the end. Uh, it might not be the type of friends that you invite over, you know, as a weekend ski trip, but they, they trust each other and they work through their issues together. So I thought that was great. And, you know, the character dynamics between the two were, were fantastic. Um, That's kind of like a top thing that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Another was, I I know I kind of critiqued the action earlier saying there were some things that weren't super realistic. Um, But I did like, you know, I was making fun of Michael Bay earlier. This wasn't a Michael Bay esque film of just (laughs) unnecessary giant explosions and you know uh impossible headshots and well there was the one impossible headshot (laughs) yeah we'll just leave it at that (laughs) we'll just leave it at that uh but you know it 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 wasn't like over the top where you're just like really uh it was it was it was well done and then the action was uh interspersed with the comedy to give you those breaks that are needed and so the the timing was good in that movie.
0: Yeah, and okay, so as outrageous as this movie is and there are some parts that are just completely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The the movie is very funny and yes. and it's funny because of what you said because of this incredible chemistry that somehow Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson have on screen and how each of the characters are able to complement each other and really just work off of each other. I'd be really interested to know if there was a lot of um, opportunity for improv because there were some moments in the movie where I thought – it, they there's no way this is scripted. This has to yeah. be improv, you know. Like just like it's just Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds reacting to that. So yep. um, and, and maybe not, but that was just kind of the impression that I got, and and I really like that. So, um, and yes, even though there were some ridiculous action sequences, I I really enjoyed the action in the movie, and I think, honestly, I think John Wick the first John Wick has set a standard in Hollywood for action movies now that it can't be. uh, And even though, I mean, gosh, even though there are people that like the expendables and this is the same director that directed expendables three. Yeah. That kind of action and fast and furious type of action. I'm not really into that stuff. And I think it's kind of getting old, at least for me. I just think it's, it's just watered down and it doesn't keep my interest, but This action was very well choreographed. And and it had elements of kind of that John Wick style where a lot of detail is given to the fighting sequences. Yes. And so, and I thought it was quality. I really thought it was really good with a movie that's supposed to be just kind of an action comedy. I thought it was excellent action. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So, and it was just a kind of a perfect blend. It had the right amounts of comedy mixed with the right amounts of action. I thought the story was strong enough uh, to hold my interest and that there were some of those intense suspenseful parts um, with, um, Oh gosh. Oh, uh, Oh, uh, Gary Oldman, you know, who plays the main antagonist. Oh, um,
1: fantastic. Yeah. Where he it just, he did a great it, job.
0: Yes. Oh yeah, he did. And I think, gosh, Gary Oldman, I think he's, he is, uh, he, not enough praise goes to him for his antagonist roles. Cause he, he's able to play the good guy very yeah. well in movies, but I think he plays an excellent bad guy, in, in, in those roles and this movie was definitely an, a, another one of those. Um, but it had those perfect moments of where it would cut away from the comedy and the action and deliver those more intense, more serious uh, parts of the movie that really just helped further the story along. And so, um, you know, outside of, gosh, you know, the movie just being a little bit too long, the ending kind of having a double ending. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. So so those are my highlights. What else you got? Anything else?
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you brought up Gary Oldman because that's somebody that like I was thinking about throughout the movie. Like at first, his first appearance, I didn't even really recognize him. Yeah, um, just because he does have some co- cosmetic makeup on, you know, he's speaking with an accent, and he's just so in the character that I I wasn't thinking, oh, that's Gary Oldman playing somebody. It was just no, this is the villain of the film, right, and. And like you said, he's—I almost think he's an underrated actor—and he he did a great job in this film of not stealing the attention from the stars of the film, but being a fantastic supporting character. And that's that's something you often don't see in you know action comedies. You see it in the great comedies, you know, some great James Bond films uh, where you have these uh, you know iconic. Uh, villains, but he he did a good job of it. Uh, yeah, th- no, that's very well said. And I, I completely agree.
0: And that's actually, I, I'm going to kind of backpedal just a little bit and add something to my critique, because just because of what you said about Gary Oldman playing a very, a very good supporting actor, you know, not stealing the spotlight, but still having a presence on screen. The one person that I was disappointed in, and I think it was just how the character was written, was... Ryan Reynolds love interest in the movie um, her, the French actress Elodie Young. So yeah. she I I thought I thought her character could have played a more prominent role in the movie and and this just goes back to what I was saying about how they made Interpol look very incompetent. They yeah. they made Elodie Young's character very incompetent especially towards the end because she can yeah. she can't handle, handle herself.
1: Yeah, and she she had to even she had to be rescued over yes, and over. Yeah, it's like no, she's Interpol. Yes. Like she's supposed I mean, to be
0: tough. She's supposed yeah. to be, you know, I mean, just she's supposed to be on the level. At least what I was hoping to see, she should have been on the level of Ryan Reynolds' character. Yes, and, I agree. And she wasn't. I think they just watered down her character, and it was a big disservice to Not just her personally, but I mean, to a, a female lead actress in the movie. So yes, I agree. I'm so, glad you brought that up. Okay. Yep. But not, not to end on a sour note and we don't need to end on that. But <laughs> let's uh before um, we go on to our recommendation, which is our final segment, tell me, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know what you see because this was something that I wanted to keep into in, in a movie like this. So I like to point out and kind of dissect a movie a little bit deeper and see if, if we can dig out a message or a theme In these movies, even if it is an outrageous action comedy like The Hitman's Bodyguard, was there any particular message or theme that you took away
1: from the movie? Yes, 100%. Okay, let's Uh, hear it. I think most of our problems in society and in relationships, uh, whether that be romantic relationships or uh, platonic relationships or working relationships, most of these problems that we encounter are due to a lack of communication or poor communication. Um, And we see that throughout this movie. Uh, They kind of become you know, the two main characters become more of friends once they open up and they start communicating not about, you know, not just about their current mission, but also about their past and and their negative past. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds character, you know, fixes his relationship via communication. And, you know, all these messages about communication and just needing to be able to open up and properly communicate with one another. So that's, that's what I got from it. But. No, that's excellent. And that that is way more in-depth than than even
0: I, <laughs> I was digging into the movie. That's excellent stuff, man. I like it. So I, I think mine is a little bit more obvious just because they actually, um, I, I mean, Samuel Jackson almost says it directly in the movie. <laughs> but I was just going to say that, you know, what what gives meaning to everything that we do in life, you know, even, even in a crazy movie like The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. Ultimately, it is love and our relationships yep. that we share, and uh, and I like that. And and yes, even though his relationship with his wife in the movie, which is... she
1: played a fantastic oh, role, geez. FYI,
0: that, so bar scene, that bar scene, that bar scene was over the top, man. Yes, yes,
1: they were, and that was that was a dynamic, and that was a strong female character.
0: Yes, so. absolutely, and she had less scenes than Elodie Young. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I like, I like your final words. That's really good, man. That's really good. Yeah. So, okay, Nate, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and end this uh, podcast, doing our final segment, and that is our backseat director's recommendation.
1: Our recommendation.
0: Okay, so Nate, for you, is this movie a go see it? And maybe wait, meaning you like the movie and you think people should see it, but it, like if you don't see it in theaters, you're not really missing out on anything. Or is it a no go?
1: What do you say? I'm gonna say go see it. Uh, you know, take somebody who you like laughing and you like, you know, like your final message of th- there's love in the movie. <laughs> um, I kind of chuckle at that because you don't think about a romantic movie like that, but there is, you know. And so take somebody you care about and somebody who likes to have a good time, and you- you're going to enjoy the movie. Okay. So I say, I say go see it.
0: Excellent. Excellent stuff. And okay, so I'm going to give a, a quick disclaimer before I give my recommendation. Okay. This movie has excessive amounts of language. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that
1: is a good disclaimer to I, have. <laughs> I
0: don't think I have seen a movie with this much vulgarity and and just adult language in my life. And, and it's all Samuel L. Jackson. And yeah. and in I guess any movie Samuel Jackson plays in, especially if it's a rated R movie, it's the same stuff, you know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> um so if you are okay, you know, and maybe a little bit desensitized <laughs> with the language, um my recommendation actually is a go see it. I, I am very surprised at how much I enjoy this movie. And um and yeah, I, I just I liked it. And so yeah, if you're if you're a moviegoer and you're not so turned, you know, turned off by excessive amounts of of language, um, yes, and, and it wasn't it wasn't like crude humor. It wasn't, you know, it, it was just
1: it, it was Samuel Jackson using the MF term a lot, a lot, <laughs> and and Ryan Reynolds' character even says it at one point. He goes, "You have you you have ruined the term MF," you know, and and. He yes. almost has, but it, yeah. it's good.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean it's almost it's almost kind of like the uh what, what do you call it? Just like the MO for Yeah. MF is the MO for, for Samuel Jackson, so <laughs> that's so, yeah.
1: that's what your need your title needs to be for this podcast. <laughs> MF is Sam's
0: MO. No, I'm just kidding. So, and you know for I mean for kind of a light month like August, not too many great movies coming out anyway i thought this was actually a a surprise movie for me so so yeah so we listeners we have two go see it recommendations all right nate so uh we're gonna go ahead and end this podcast uh just by allowing you to give your plug on how our listeners can get a hold of you if they want to follow you on social media or if they just want to keep talking to you more about the hitman's bodyguard uh how can our listeners reach out to you and follow you
1: yeah, so if you guys are on Facebook, like my page. If you just go to Facebook.com slash re- real Nate Tucker. You know, that's like the real Slim Shady. I thought it was really clever when I created it, like <laughs> fifteen years ago. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and Snapchat, just Nate Tucker. Um, and my website is nicenate.com.
0: So all well, very good. Yeah. Well, listeners, you heard it here. Go ahead and follow Nate. You won't be disappointed at all and uh if you're wondering how to get a hold of backseat directors well that is very easy you can find us on facebook instagram or twitter at the bd podcast and also make sure to stay up to date uh, with all of our latest episodes on this podcast you can find us on itunes google play stitcher or podbean um and yeah just let us know what you think of the podcast leave us a rating hopefully it's a five-star rating if not we still love the feedback And uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. And on behalf of Nate Tucker and myself, this is the Backseat Directors podcast, and we will see you guys next week at the movies. Hey everyone, this is Andre with Backseat Directors. We just got done seeing Hitman's Bodyguard and we have two members of the audience and they're going to give us their quick take on it. So just your name, one word to describe the movie, and if you think it's worth seeing in theaters, all right? Hey, my name is Ryan. Um, I would say it was fine. And if you like action, go ahead and see it. It was was good. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Okay. Michaela, I
1: would say entertaining. And um, I would say I'd see it in theaters again. Okay.
0: Thank you, Michaela. All right. Thanks, guys. That's it. Thanks. Okay everyone, last but not least, Sean from Real Bearded News is going to give his quick take on the movie, all right? So just one word to describe it and if you think it's worth seeing in theaters. Hilarious and yes. Quick and nice, okay, thanks Sean. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley presents Ozo Kids and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at the BD Podcast.